Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, we are continuing to record this podcast remotely for the safety of our guests and our team. So, on with the show. Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the show that asks well-known friends three thought-provoking questions, usually over three glasses of wine. But today's show, I'm afraid, is a wine-free zone, mainly because we're having to record at 10am in the morning and me and my two guests both have school runs later. So we're going to just have to settle for putting the kettle on. However, you are not going to be disappointed because today's guests are a pair that I have been desperate to get on the show since we started. They are two women who I admire greatly and whose friendship runs deep. They met through their husbands who were at theatre school together and between them now have six kids living close to one another in Hertfordshire with their kids attending the same school and they often go on family holidays together too. Such is their closeness. So, first up, she is the queen of primetime television, the woman who effortlessly steers The Voice, Big Brother and The Circle to ratings glory as well as designing her own super stylish range for next. Sat next to her is a seven-time Sunday Times best-selling author and the host of the brilliant podcast Happy Mum, Happy Baby, who recently featured the Duchess of Cambridge as a guest. 
In lockdown, she and her husband, Tom, released uh, their second volume of their joint fictional trilogy, Eve of Man, this one called Eve of Illusion. It's a series that they write together and it is fantastic. As well as that, in lockdown, they've been super busy, homeschooling their kids, cooking 9,000 meals, as we all have, uh, and also launching a brilliant charity venture, born out of frustration, a feeling that there was more that they could and should be doing. It's called Be My Guest, and it raises funds for NHS charities together, the Trussell Trust, the Refuge Charity, and Mind, by offering fans a chance to bid £5 to win a video call with some of their favourite superstars. So let's hear more about it and their friendship as we dial up Emma Willis and Giovanna Fletcher. So, ladies, it's coffee today, and I've had about four glasses. I'm going to hit you with three questions, but before we do, what I wanted people to understand, because I love your, your friendship, um, I wanted people to understand how how deep your rivers run. Because, <laughs> because you it two... Really does it? Yeah. Does it? I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's that time in the morning. But when I was looking at your Instagram posts, like, you know, when you post for friends' birthdays and stuff, they're proper, like, love letters to one another. And... <laughs> They are though. You're like you, you properly love each other, and that is that's that's a beautiful thing. So, how did you meet? And can you remember your first impressions of one another? I knew of Emma because she was dating Matt. So it's back in the day when there was Busted and McFly, still going strong. I think at that point. Yeah. I think. Anyway, well, it was the McFly. just. <laughs> 2005. Was Busted it just about to fall Busted flat on their face. Right. <laughs> okay. okay, so it was the 2005 McFly Christmas party. Emma came with a mate because Matt couldn't be there. And I can remember seeing her and just being like, she is so cool. And we swapped numbers because we were talking about, we got drunk. And we were talking about clothes. And Emma was like, I'll take you shopping. And I was like, wait, do you remember this, Emma? No. <laughs> I clearly had too much wine. You know when you said I was there with a friend, is that when I brought my sister with me? No, it was a male friend. It might have been Rich. Probably. Um, and so we swap everywhere numbers. Because <laughs> Emma was going to go and make me cool. And uh, I mean, <laughs> Your perception of me is so way off, G. But I mean, you know, I was there in this pretty dress and you just rock up looking all ultra cool and trendy and that's just not me. And I was like, amazing, everyone's going to take me shopping. It's going to be great. And then we never went shopping, but we did text occasionally. But it's when you had Isabel that we started yeah. actually talking. Um, yeah. Obviously, we went to your wedding and, and things like that. But we've been in each other's lives now for 15 years and... And, you know, many a time I'd drive over to Crouch End and be with Emma and the older two. And, um, yeah, just... We go on holiday being... together. Yeah. Loads of adventures. We've been through a lot of highs and lows together. Um, yeah. But it's effortless, I would say. Actually, I remember probably one of our, like, really serious early moments was when you came on holiday to <laughs> Dubai. Like, we knew oh, each God, other God. quite well and we hung out with each other and we spoke to each other quite a lot. But then we were, I was going on holiday with, um, I, uh, with my parents and, and Matt and the kids and um, Matt suddenly got, I think it was birds of a feather and he suddenly wasn't coming. I was like, oh, I need to take, I need to take somebody with me. I can't waste the, the ticket and everything and the bed spot. So I just called <laughs> you. I'm like, 
do you want to, do you want to come to Dubai? <laughs> she was like, uh, okay. <laughs> that was our first holiday. No, um, that was our second. We went skiing before that. We're skiing before Dubai. Skiing was first because in Dubai Never. I was pregnant. Yeah. Oh, and that was, were. you know, that was quite a serious trip because yeah, we got stuck was, on a mountain. Maybe that was what cemented our friendship then properly. You got <laughs> stuck on a mountain. She cried a yeah. lot, Kate. You did. She yeah. did. <laughs> Basically, right, I had only been on nursery runs and I have never skied before, only on nursery runs. And then we were like, we're going to go out on a proper slope run thing. And, um, and Matt and Gordon were like, look, it's a really nice one. Where we were, it was quite advanced, I say, for our beginner status. Wasn't uh, it called like, Solange? Really yes. Because yes. I kept thinking of Beyonce, how fabulous <laughs> it would be, like coming <laughs> down this run. <laughs> so we went there and Matt was like, Matt showed us like a GoPro version of it. It was really chilled. He was like, yeah, it's just, you know, really chill. You'd be fine. You'll love it's it. It's smooth. It's wide. It's, yeah. it's pretty flat. And then we Cut got to. up there, got off the bloody thing <laughs> that took us up. And I, I swear, the fir- first 30 seconds were amazing. Like, the wind in my face as I went down, it was going beautifully. Then all of a sudden, I was going too fast and I couldn't stop. And it t- I just basically snowballed, arms and legs sticking out everywhere, properly winded myself. And that just knocked all my confidence. And that was within the first 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, then it was me, Emma. And then she sat down and just refused to move. And she (laughs) she just sat there and cried. And a friend of ours that was with us at the time, Joe, he was quite a good skier and he was trying to really coax her up. And, I mean, we weren't stupid enough, just the two of us, to go up there on our own. We took somebody who was willing to go as slow as we could but was pretty nifty on a pair of skis. And he was was brilliant. He was... (laughs) come on, you can do it. Come on, it's okay. We'll get down, we'll get down. We were like, the only way we're getting down is when they uh, when they send a rescue party for us because we can't do it. <laughs> uh, I took I, mine off in the end and just slid down on my bum. See, it wasn't I, just me. It wasn't just me. All, like, all three of us girls, all three of us women were a bit like, this is awful. Mm. It wasn't just me. I think maybe seeing me fall over had a knock-on effect. But it wasn't just me. I think also when I first met G, I said this recently, actually. I mean, I've said this to her multiple times, but I couldn't, I couldn't believe how nice she was. It was just impossible. I'm like, no one can be that nice. There's got to be some darkness in her somewhere. And I'll find it. I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> I'll get her to show her true colours. And I'm still looking 15 years later. It's just loveliness ah. exudes out of her. And she's really <laughs> like, so honestly, and she's just so positive and I never kind of see her. I mean, I always, you know, we talk and I know that she has times when she feels shit and stuff, but I just never like see it with my own eyes. So I just always think she's this just positive beaming joy of life. I'm going to come back and talk to you about being my guest because we've naturally worked our way into what was going to be my first question, which is what were the moments that kind of cement and define your friendship? Because 15 years is a long time. Six children is a long time. Your kids go to school together. You holiday together. Like, it's it's almost a bit Anton Decky. (laughs) 
<laughs> aren't they like thirty years of friendship? They're doubling. They are, I think, aren't they? They are. But you know, I, you know what I mean. Every day, yeah. day closer, Emma. It does, and also I think you know it's. Um, I always imagine it's a bit different with boys than girls because we do have that like, tell me your birth story. Boys don't have to go through that, do they? Physically have to go through that. So um, no. it's always. I, I, <laughs> I think it's always much more detailed, isn't it, with girls because you talk about all of it. And the stuff that you go through, there's a real vulnerability and rawness in it. So the stuff that you talk about is just, and I'm not taking this away from guys because I'm sure they talk about stuff as well, but the, the stuff that you talk about that you physically go through are, are just another level. There's just something else that you can't, you know, it, it's, I've spoken about miscarriage with them, about birth stories, like those feelings that, I don't know. There's just something about our friendship that makes me feel very relaxed that I know that if I could go to Emma with anything and there would be no judgment and there would just be all ears and and that's pretty amazing. So I, I do think it's that. I think it's it's going through moments that are really tricky and having having people that you can go to to talk about it, um, I think. All yeah, of what she just said. You are very wise, Em. You do give good counsel. <laughs> Do I? Aww. Yeah, you do. You're very considered, don't you think, G? I said this, but I called her laid back the other day and that backfired. <laughs> I kicked off. <laughs> I worry about this. I worry about this. <laughs> yeah, because it, it surprises me and when I read about you talking about, because I know you've, you've spoken about being a worrier and having anxiety and imposter syndrome. And when in your company, you never feel that, do you, G? No. I, never, I never feel that with you. I think it's like, you know, when you're, like G was just saying, when you're with a mate and they've got problems, I'm really good at listening. I think I'm quite nosy as well. So so I naturally am like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I kind of, and I love kind of challenges and puzzles. So I feel like I do like to go, right, how can we fix this? How can we make it better? How can we get you to where you want to be? How can we, do you know what I mean? I like that when it's other people. But when it's me, I'm a bit like a headless chicken, just kind of running around going, I don't know what to do. And I think it's always easier when it's somebody else, isn't it? Because you're you're outside of the issue that's going on within their head and you have a bit of perspective and hopefully a bit of reason. And... um, so it's always much easier to kind of tackle other people's shit <laughs> than, than your, own. your own. <laughs> totally. Yeah. But but actually, I don't know where we would be without our girlfriends because as, as, as wonderful as the men in your life are, there are facets of your female friendships that you just need outside of your own marriages, I would imagine. I know that's certainly, I mean, I'm not married, but I certainly need my girls. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have quite a few male friends who are, you know, some of my best and oldest friends. Um, And it's a very different friendship. It's, um, you know, I know that wholeheartedly, if I ever needed to talk to them, and and I have at times, I can absolutely do that. But like G was saying earlier, there's something about your female friends um, that, just understand you we are different aren't we men and women are are very very different and as women we experience things that men will never experience and you just kind of feel that that closeness and that understanding I suppose because you're the same breed 
And, but that's it's also really important, I think, though, that you meet people that go beyond the superficial, that go to that other layer. Like if yeah. you're just if it's all about what you look like and what you have, then that's not really a friendship. You need to have those friends friends that you can go to with anything and pour your heart and soul out, out and know that they are going to be there for you. Um, so I think that's a huge that has to play a part in a friendship. Otherwise, it's just superficial nonsense really there's a darkness maybe, maybe look like, there's a darkness coming out in that but maybe, <laughs> but maybe that changes as you get older maybe we all start on with friendships that are a little bit light and actually it's only as you grow older and things are thrown at you that proper life stuff that you actually start delving a little bit deeper i'm sure everyone's friendships like you know they all change and develop as you grow up as you get older i i do think that I find I am much more hormonal, mm. you know, obviously post babies, but my babies aren't babies. I mean, you know, Trixie's still only four, but I still feel like my hormones are getting more uh, severe as I get yeah. older. Like before my period, the moodiness, not moodiness, but just the, I mean, maybe Matt would say unhinged. <laughs> I mean, he... <laughs> He can call it now. He never used to be able to, but you know, a few days before he's like, I I can sense the change. And I'm much more emotional around that time. But that's a huge part of it, isn't it? Because you do change so much. I found my moods completely change. From when I was a teenager and I having a period, I'd just be angry. Yeah. That's the lead up. Stropping. Whereas now, yeah, now the hormones are completely different and it puts you in a really sad place. Like. The week, uh, but it's really important that we recognise it because now, when I'm, when I know I'm leading up to it, and I find myself going, no one loves me, no one cares. Now all those feelings that just press down, you kind of go, hold on, Aunt Flo's on her way. I know what she's doing. (laughs) 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 So it's so important because otherwise, you know, you can just feel yourself going in a direction that you just don't want to go down. Um, So it's important to note it. Do you see each other every day on the school run? Yeah. Pretty much. That's nice. If we're not working, we're there. Mm-hmm. Please tell it's me that. Lovely. Yeah. But like just having that little bit of. I know it's a school run and it's just a quick hello, but being able to see your friend, you know, during this strange time, it's just oh, lovely. Mm. Yeah. Just to see people is lovely. Yeah. Have you have you managed to make it out of a tracksuit yet? I just can't. I can't bring myself. You know, I dropped Ben this morning at the yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, exactly. Well done, Em. Yeah. I just can't do it. I ain't going to let the side down. And I've, and I've, I've in, in lockdown, I've decided I hate bras. I just... Oh, yeah, no. Can't I've got stand some, them. I've got some M&S ones that are just supportive enough <clears throat> so they're not, you know, down by my knees. I don't know if I could ever do sexy again. I don't want a wire under my boobs, ever. <sighs> no. I haven't done sexy since my wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> well, even nah. when you renewed your vows ten years later. I don't think I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about comfort, isn't it? It is. um, You can't jump around in a G-string at the age of 44. (laughs) You just can't. Well, you can, but there's no support. And each chinkler his own thing. No, absolutely not. You know what, though? I think I've been wearing big girl pants for so long that they've kind of indented my butt a little bit. Like, I've got, a, like, a W down there, either cheek. And I've got my knickers. 
You've got a W down there. Yeah, both cheeks, under my bum, not my front. <laughs> so you really it. spell out wow when you bend over. <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. It's got to be the cover of your next book. I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be. And the O needs to be like a little like emoji. <laughs> the shocked one. The big eyes. Do you imagine that your husband sit down and talk about their underwear preferences and how they've changed through the years? I don't know. I think they probably have. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I I think those boys, when they're on tour, like some of the conversations they probably have, especially with Doug around, because he's quite a unique individual, isn't he? Okay, now, um, is it true that you and Matt got together after you passed your number to Simon Webb from Blue, who was a mutual friend, and said, ask Matt to give me a call? Yes. I gave my number to Tim Cash. Who's Tim Cash? Cash. Used to do MTV (gasps) News. Oh, Oh, yes, yes. So Tim was my friend, uh, and I gave my number. I was watching Saturday Night Takeaway, and Busted were on it, and Blue were on it. And I had met Matt a couple of months before um, and we'd all kind of had like a massive group night out and we got on really well. And I thought, oh, maybe I should call him. Uh, So I called Tim. I didn't know how to get hold of him, basically. So I called Tim and said, can you pass my number on to Simon Webb, who is on the telly at the minute, and get him to give it to Matt, who is on the telly with him, and ask him to give me a call. (laughs) That is a stroke of live genius. Yeah. This is why you are such a supremely brilliant live presenter, because you just seize the moment. (laughs) So now that I've established the truth of that. I also think, as I said, I like solving problems. So I'm like, how? How? I'm not going to drive to the studio. But where are my seven degrees of separation? And I did it in three. How long did it take him? How long until he messaged you? Three days. What? What? Three bloody days. Yeah. I mean, I'm also not someone, I I, I don't like games. I don't like silliness. I'm like, right, I like you. Shall we go and have a drink? Just, you just got to put it out. And if they say no, they say no. Like, what are you going to do? Now that we've established the fact that you are the one that can go out there and and take the lead to make something wonderful happen, I want to know from you both, when else in your life have you taken the lead to create something wonderful? Oh. Uh, I took the lead with our third child. Trixie. (laughs) She is wonderful. (laughs) Trixie, yeah. Um, Because I was kind of, I was almost 40 and I kind of thought it's now or never really. We hadn't planned the first two. They just arrived. Um, but the third one, I was I was like, you know, I, I don't want to regret not trying for a third. I kind of felt like I always wanted to have three. I came from a three. Matt came from a three. Three felt like a very normal number for us. Um, but I, I also didn't want to, you know, I could have, you know, work was going really well and I could have kind of waited maybe and tried, you know, into my 40s but you just don't know what's going to happen do you and if your body's going to comply with what your brain wants so um, I was very proactive in saying right 
it's now or never. Hop to it. And was Matt on board? <laughs> Hop to it. I mean, it. yeah. Sexy, sexy bitch. <laughs> Bless him. Bless him. Yeah, he was he was well up for it. <laughs> uh, and I think that's probably the only that's that's the only thing that really springs to mind because as I said, like when it's to do with me, I'm like, is this the right thing? Is this the wrong thing? I, I'm a massive believer in trusting your gut. Um, and the times that I've kind of gone, oh, I don't know if my gut's right here, I've normally made the wrong decision. So I yeah. generally go on that. And I'm very much someone, I err on the side of caution and I am, I'm a glass half empty type of girl, considering I'm quite a happy-go-lucky woman. Um, I always like to think, the worst and then anything better is a bonus prepare for the worst <laughs> hope for the best yeah exactly i'm like oh and stephen mulhern always says it actually uh it's, it's like fucking hell it's sunny today and you'll go yeah but it might rain i'm like oh, no. <laughs> jesus um but i just kind of it it's more of a i suppose a defense mechanism so um i i i i'm a bit I'm I'm quite cautious, so I, it's quite rare that I will do that unless I'm absolutely 100% sure. So when it came to having Trixie, you were like, right, it's now, we're going to do this now, we're going to do this, and this is how we're going to do it. Did you completely take the lead? And Matt, obviously, since you haven't worn a sexy bra since your, your wedding, was clearly quite excited by the prospect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I literally, my underwear drawer is 25 pairs of the same pair of pants. So same colour, same make. Um, and it's been the same colour and same make since I met him. So, I mean, he, he's never, he doesn't know any different, which is great. And I kind of feel like I met him, at, he was quite young, he was only 21. So it's almost like I've raised him in captivity and just made him believe that this is the way the world is and just to enjoy it. <laughs> this is the only underwear there is out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just black cotton briefs, Matt. That's all there is. And every now and then you'll see something in a magazine. I'll be like, no, it's not real. It's not real. It's like telly, it's not real. Oh, so, G, when did you last take the lead to make something wonderful happen? Well, it's hard. Uh, do I want to go down a career? Uh, do you know what? I think the treks every year are wonderful. And that is something that I take the lead on. And um, so we trek for Copperfield every year. We go to different places, amazing places. We take women who have had breast cancer, been affected by breast cancer in some way, um, or just want a challenge. And it is the most life-affirming trip ever, every time, no matter where we are, no matter who comes along. It just, it's a weird thing. Because I was thinking about it a lot recently, how at home, I'm constantly doing things for the boys or the family. When I'm on the trek, I kind of feel like I'm on hyper alert, always doing something, like, something for everyone, making sure everyone's happy. But there's always a moment on those treks where I get to sit and reflect at how amazing life is. And watching those group of people, because it's women and men, watching those people achieve is just the best feeling ever. And knowing that I was a part in getting them up that mountain is just amazing. Um, I can remember actually after the first trip in Amman, uh, we'd had the last night, everyone, like loads of people had gone to bed. It was just the group leaders, um, like the local guides, and a few of us 
we're on the beach drinking whiskey or brandy or something and then someone said should we go in the sea and I was like yes so I got in the sea and I remember just laying back no one else around me and just looking at the stars and going this trip not only is it worth it for everything else but this right here this little bit bit is my moment and I can just remember it being the most euphoric thing ever so I go on those big treks just to get that tiny little bit um and that is I think something that I take I take lead on um and yeah I just I just love them and I love the people that come on them and, and raise so much money for Copperfield and raise awareness um because we all need to get to know our boobies and our bodies um because yeah. it can literally save our lives you know so we take the lead on that uh, and we take the lead on letting other people know that they need to look after themselves so yeah it, it's brilliant I, I do admire your conviction on this because you've got three kids. You're always writing at least two novels. You're <laughs> running a podcast. You're designing bedding. You, you know, you're busy, G. It would be so easy to say, I can't do it this year. I've just had my third baby. I can't do it this year. I've got a, a book deadline. But you never do. And no. That, and no, I think that's, I just... that's a real strength of character on your part. Yeah. Well, also, though, in a weird way, those treks, I've been thinking about, something I've been thinking about a lot lately, is it's putting your energy into something else which re-energizes you when you come back to normality and the stuff that usually challenges you. So although you're taking on another challenge, it is, it's strangely something for me because it's a break in that. And, uh, and it is that life-affirming trip. Um, and it's an incredible message. And also, I kind of feel like we all do stuff. We all do that thing that's for charity. And and I know it's giving a certain amount of time each year. But um, I just think, if not, like, it's all self-indulgent drivel otherwise. You know what I mean? This is You're like... You're doing something that's for you, really, that's driven yeah. by you. Yeah. everything else yeah. is your job. And yeah. you're really lucky because what you do for a job, you love, which is why you do it yeah. so well. And I always kind of feel like when I know you're doing that trek or or I see you on it, you're doing that to do something outside of what is, you know, you're living. It's something yeah. that you genuinely give a and shit I think about. As mums as well, we can kind of not lose ourselves, but you've if you could think about yourself before motherhood, you're a completely different person. Totally. And for those little snippets, you can just be you. Like it's it's but without all the added responsibilities and stuff like that, although there are, because you're then like making what you want everyone to have an amazing time. Um, so there is that stress. But yeah, I do feel like there there is something about being away from all that responsibility that's completely freeing. And it is, yeah, totally for me. Oh, it's it totally. totally. <laughs> No, it's not, it's not selfish at all because what you do is selfless uh, as an end result. But I do know what you mean, G, when I've done it, those 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 trips before there's something really wonderful about just being told how many miles you've got to cover that day yeah. and what you've got to do is feed yourself and stay alive and keep everybody's spirits up and there's something really simple about that because you're not going oh god I've got to run back up the school because they've forgotten their mouth guard or you know, uh, you know all the stuff that it can complicate an already complicated day there's something beautiful mm. and simplistic about it Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right, our final question now. It takes us to what you guys have been really busy with in lockdown. And I know everybody's bored of COVID conversations and lockdown conversations, but I genuinely think when we stand back from this, this really incredibly weird, unknown time, we will all realise that it's shaped and changed us in ways that will carry forward in the rest of our lives. And you guys got busy with Be My Guest and you you had this innate frustration that you wanted to do more and you couldn't. So you found your way of being helpful. But what I wanted to know was how you think the events of this year might change you going forward in life. I think for from from a personal level, I kind of really realised how fast my life is all the time. And, and I kind of... I hear it in my kids sometimes when I hear them say, when I go, dinner, dinner's ready. I'm just doing this. I'm just finishing this game. I'm like, no, 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 dinner's ready. But I'm just, and they've got that from me because they're asking me to do things with them. And I go, I'll be there in a minute. I'm just, they've taught, they've learned that from me. And that's because I'm always just doing something else than being totally present with them. Um, So so being forced uh, from a pandemic into being present with my kids is something that I will, you know, it's very much opened my eyes to and I will absolutely address and, and keep going forward. So from a, you know, a selfish and um, positive point of view, it's kind of given me that to open my eyes to... Um, how much attention I need to give them and probably didn't before because I was always so busy with work or other things. Do you know what I mean? So um, so I suppose attention to them. Another thing that I really noticed was how much we waste stuff. I mean, the the food and, you know, the environmental impact was, I think you were suddenly in your own home noticing and watching and seeing everything that happened. And I didn't waste a single meal during lockdown. We literally ate whatever we cooked for days on end because we didn't know when food was coming again. So, you know, I think little things like that that, that seem quite superficial when you think about the, the scale of the pandemic and what it has done to millions of people around the world 
um, those kind of superficial things that sound superficial when you talk about it in the same uh, breath as COVID, those are the things that I, I initially noticed, but also how useless, I felt very useless. I'm like, there's nothing, absolutely nothing that you can do when all you want to do is help. All you want to do is try and make some sort of difference or help somebody in some way or just contribute to the national and worldwide effort of what was going on. You couldn't do anything. And that that's what I found um, really frustrating. Yeah. At the same time as being really bloody relieved that I have a roof over my head and my health, you know, that was... Um, uh, that that I was conflicted with that most days. I think was you you can't be frustrated by the situation because you're lucky. You have your health and yeah. you have a roof over your head. Um, but at the same time, I was really pissed off. I suppose because I wanted to do something but didn't know what to do or how to do it. I think you become very aware in a sense of this is really difficult. But I have this. Yeah. I have a garden that the kids can run around in. You know, I you know, I, I'm able to feed the kids. I'm you know, and you kind of go, but what if that isn't the case? And you know that for so many people that isn't the case. How would it be then? And I think that's when your attention goes to trying to find a way to help those people that are living in those situations that aren't, you know, um, I think it just makes you realise how lucky we are and how many people are struggling. Yeah. Um, and and which is, you know, really where Be My Guest came from and also how we arrived at the charities we arrived at, like G said, with, you know, thinking about food and stuff like that and how lucky we are. Um, and also, like, people's mental health. You know, again, yeah. we're, we're lucky and I'm someone that's never struggled with my mental health. Um, and then suddenly you're in a situation that, the world hasn't been in before and you're feeling quite down and you're like, well, is this, is this the, the bit of struggle with mental health that I'm going to have? And then you put that into perspective and you go, I'm not struggling with my mental health. Imagine the people that probably are because they aren't fortunate or, or they are dealing with COVID um, every single day. And then you think about the NHS and, mm. you know, having worked there, with them knowing what they do on a day-to-day basis without a pandemic happening and then I was in contact with the girls that I'd worked with on delivering babies you know at the height of the pandemic and just hearing them talk about it and what they were seeing they weren't even on a covid ward they were on a maternity ward but that was the thing you know you're on a maternity ward you don't know if covid's there because you know, somebody might not be presenting with symptoms, but what if they're asymptomatic? It was the unknown. It was, you know, like everybody, we've heard so much on the news. It's, you know, it's invisible. You have no idea if it's around you and it's just coming at you like you would not believe. Um, But also really um, informing those beautiful moments in life, for example, like giving birth, where everything changes now. Your partner can only be there for yeah. a certain window of that. You don't have that same level of support. There are mental health ramifications to that later yeah. down the line, especially if you've had a traumatic birth. So the domino effect is just unending, really. And we well, won't, we don't know where it ends because we're no. still going through it. 
And when we're talking about mental health, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter who you are, what you have, what you do. Like that's going to come at you when you're least prepared for it. It doesn't matter, you know, how stable you are. That can just come out of nowhere and hit you. Um, so, yeah, for us, it was just really important to pick charities that we felt were going to help a huge range of people um, and keep them going and, and making sure that, like, for my thing is, I just think of a woman who's going through a tough time at home and only having that one window to call a helpline to get help and to find a way out and not being able to get through for what, you know, because the resources aren't there or whatever. And then that might be her one window and she can't call again. Um, so to make sure that those services are able to run and function at a larger scale than they are as well, um, because everyone's, we know, we've, we've spoken to the charities, we know that they're being called on more than ever before. Um, yeah, no, I think my big thing in um, lockdown is that we kind of, um, I think I'm used to, and I think all three of us are, in life and in work kind of going what's next and what's next what's next what's next you just keep on functioning on that level it's like a neil neil gaiman once said well i read um something about him and writing at the end of each page uh the reader should be left turning the page going and then what and then what and i feel like that's how actually we live life like you finish one project and like then and then and yeah. then and that's how a day can like work for us you know it's you're constantly moving so to, to suddenly be still mm and not be able to do all of those things, it's taken some adjusting and, and realising that it's okay to stop. Well, just that. It's okay to stop. Like the world, you're, it, it, everything is still going to keep turning, yeah. even if you don't have the and what, and then what, you know. Did you not okay find that hard be. though, Jay? I found that it took, oh, yeah. days, <laughs> it took me days to go, it's okay, breathe. And now actually the idea of going back to that pace of life, yeah. I find really overwhelming and daunting. Yeah. And I'm with you, Emma. I will do. I will do less better. Yeah. And I need less than I realise. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm a doer. Like I have to be doing something. I can't sit still. You know, all three of my kids are at school now, and the house is empty. And this could be, you know, this could be my me time. But I can't do that. You know, what I'll maybe a me time. I'll, I'll I mean... maybe a four. Well, that's the thing. My me time now is. Oh, I might go to the gym. Like. <laughs> Jim, me, Jim wasn't me time before kids, was it? <laughs> nah. No, um, but I can't just, I have to have something to do. So like G was saying, there wasn't, there was nothing to do. It, the best thing to do was to stay home and do nothing. And, and you're right, Kate, when you're a, when you're a doer and you're used to being busy and you're used to being active, it's really hard to adjust. But I'm the same now, six months later, when they try and, you know, fill up my, my months every day with work. I'm like, hold on a minute. <laughs> Can we just scale I that back a little bit? I start feeling like a tightness on my chest yep. when I think about a busy week. Yep. I'm like, even if it's just one thing each day, I'm like, oh, it's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> I've got three things that I've got to do, right? Three things that are in actual, like leaving the house things. And I'm I'm literally going, I must go to bed early on Tuesday night because Wednesday's <laughs> going to be flat out. Now that would have been a light day pre-pandemic yeah. but maybe there's wisdom in what we're learning in terms of bettering our quality of life I don't know. yeah yeah and actually just think I wanted to go back to G you were touching upon 
you know, people having, women particularly having that short window in lockdown of being able to make a call. I always feel like we should say this whenever we talk about this. If you can't make a call and you are in that situation, um, you know, do you, do you know about silent calls to the police? This no. Is really, it's really powerful. So if you dial 999 and then you press 55 straight afterwards, that's a silent call to the police. You don't have to say anything whatsoever. Um, it, it will just raise the alarm and the police will come to you. So it's really worth, if you're listening, 999, you will only be prompted to uh, to press 55 on a silent call from a mobile and you should not hang up after typing 55. You should try and cough, tap the handset or whisper, whisper to communicate if possible. But it's a really, really powerful piece of information. That is incredible. my head tingle. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Let's talk about the charities that you're helping because Refuge is one and that feels like something that's been horribly, not not forgotten, um, but people who are seeking refuge, who are, you know, there's that fantastic meme doing the rounds at the moment, which I just hope people could tattoo into the insides of their eyelids, which is we all say that we would die for our children and yet we are staggered to understand and um, support people that put their children in boats to come to a better life. You don't do that because you fancy it. You do that because there's no other choice. Um, And charities like Refuge do such incredible work. And then Trussell Trusts. Yes, who have given out a ridiculous amount of emergency food packages um, in the the early early days of lockdown as well. Um, And I just, you know, with unemployment going up, they're going to be called upon so much. Um, They're kind of the fourth emergency service at the moment. Yeah, they are. They, yeah. You know, some families cannot live without access to food banks, and that's mm. a shockingly horrible statistic. So it's great that you guys are supporting that. And then there's Mind, which is the brilliant mm-hmm. mental health charity, and then the NHS Together charities as well, which cover off a multiple facet of all of the things that the NHS needs to um, thrive and survive in these challenging times. So you're doing some great work there, girls. Well, like Jay said, we tried to. Um... We tried to pick four charities that covered different areas that all um, cover a like a massive spectrum of people so that you can try and help as many people as far afield as possible. Do you know what I mean? To kind of spread to spread the help as much as possible. Yeah. We, yeah. We spent a lot of time picking those charities, but we're really happy with the ones that we chose. It's just so hard, isn't it? Kind of going, who, who do I help? Because yeah. you have to focus on, you know, a select few. Otherwise, you spread yourself too thin, yeah, which is nobody... another lesson in lockdown. You know, don't yeah. spread yourself too thinly. Um, and then who made yeah. the calls? Who came up with the idea of being my guest? And, and how did you split up the phone bashing responsibilities of persuading <laughs> famous people to say yes? <laughs> um, well, um, well, I had the initial idea... Um, during my three o'clock wee, three o'clock in the morning wee, not in the afternoon, because that's the afternoon wee is quite insignificant, isn't it? Uh, it's not that, thought-provoking, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it was, um, you know, it was quite, it was maybe, I don't know, what was it, G, about a month into lockdown or something? Yeah. Um, and as I said, the kind of frustrations of kind of wanting to do something, um, but not really knowing what to do, uh, I, I just went to the went to the loo in the middle of the night and was like, "What if we, what if we just kind of ask people to donate their time on a video call uh, 
would people pay for that? I don't know. Um, so I called G and asked her what she thought. And um, she was like, yeah. And she said, are you asking me to kind of like be a person to kind of, you know, who people can bid for? I was like, well, I'd love you to do that. But I'd also like, why don't we do this together? Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it would work? She's like my sounding board. Um, and she was well into it. So there, that was it. <laughs> you became the Cagney and, and Macy, and then, the, the I didn't duo. Give her any, I didn't give her any opportunity to back out of it. <laughs> when it got quite difficult in the beginning to put it together, uh, when she could have gone, Emma, I don't think so. Um, that was it. She was stuck. And, what and then was- with gang people, we literally, we, we have calls. We make a list, a ridiculous list. <laughs> and then we kind of go, okay, but who's realistic and who can we actually get access to? So we try and find people, you know, if I know someone better, or if Emma knows someone better, we'll try it that way. We try going for the personal approach before going to our management. They're, they're ignoring us. Can you go down official channels? <laughs> <laughs> We had, um, way back in the beginning, we we had a, we were FaceTiming one night and we were, you know, obviously, right, who are we going to ask? And the, li- the, the list was pages and pages and pages long. And then Tom was there and Matt was there and all four of us were just kind of <laughs> throwing all of these names in. Um, uh, and, you know, I mean, lots of them, I'm sure, would never even consider it, but you can but try <laughs> listen you, your strike rate was pretty good i mean so the then first we're like, few do you know shows... what? yeah we're like do you know what we're gonna we just let's go for, let's start with people we know yeah yeah, yeah. so ollie Murs was was on one, one of the first ones was he the the first one and then ollie ollie melcy and um yeah. and paloma they were our first three yeah yeah and um they were literally straight away were like yes absolutely of course we will um i think and then their calls were amazing like they're not just like i think when you go to see a show when you go backstage anyway anywhere your your time with that person if you've got a backstage meet and greet it's very limited because that person has a show to go to or they might have their family there that they've got to go and see so it's very limited whereas the beauty of this is that they they know that they are literally sitting down with you you have their undivided attention and we've seen clips of the, the chats that have happened before and they're just so wonderful it's amazing and, and you wouldn't get that you know at like backstage at a concert you just wouldn't no, it's no not with the grip and grin as they're known in the trade <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the grip and grin you get five minutes and you, you get kissed off so this is the chance for people to see they bid five pounds and then for, for the artists that they would like to share a video call with. Yeah. And is it just them and the artist, or do you guys chip in? How does it work? It's just them. Wow. <laughs> it's just there. Hi! Um, <laughs> it's been really lovely so far. Um, the the woman that won Ollie's one is, like, the biggest Ollie fan and has found real comfort, like, in his music. So she was literally couldn't quite believe her luck that she was just kind of there and I think their chat went on for like 45 minutes or something didn't it I mean bless Ollie you know he loves a chat he really really does and she definitely got her money (laughs) 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 and again yeah again Mel C's um winner was die hard Spice Girls fan has followed her from the beginning has had from from kind of what she told us a very kind of similar path in life 
um, different job, obviously, but similar similarities throughout their life. She even looked a little bit like her, didn't she, Jim? Mm -hmm. Which yes, you were just kind of, kind of oh. like, wow, hold on, you're taking this to a whole nother level. Um, and she was just, I mean, couldn't contain herself when she found out she mm. won. So, and Palomas as well, he, he was this incredible guy who um, was an interiors, uh, no, a, um, uh, what, what's it called, G? Uh, uh, he was into sustainable, sustainable fashion, fashion and things like that. And yeah. interiors journalist. And Paloma, you know, she's all about sustainability. So, um, and fashion and interiors and stuff like that. So they were a perfect little match. And it's all ah. picked at random. So, you know, we obviously have no idea who's going to get it, but they... Um, of course, really we good. don't know. We don't know how those chats are going to go. Like, we can ask people to do it and they sign up, but we don't know what they're going to give. But, I mean, every chat that we have, we've seen has just been ah. brilliant. Like, I heard Amanda and Alicia's one was really funny and amazing. Um, I mean, it's going to so, be, though, isn't it? Really? It's yeah. Amanda and Alicia. If you've got you're going to on. <laughs> yeah, if you've got Holden go. on, you're in for a treat. Your ears exactly. will bleed. So it's really kind of, um, it's really up to the individual as to what happens on the chat. Like Stephen Mulhern, for example, um, he was on September and I think he's going to teach them magic and stuff. So it's quite, you know, sometimes it's a chat or sometimes there might be something else. Yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, and do you know what? What you've managed to do is pitch it perfectly because it's five pounds and mm. you, you might, all right, you might not get the call with your hero, but you might. And those that have, have had the most fabulous experience, but most of us can, I hope at the moment, afford five pounds. And that, that money goes to those four incredible charities and mm. it's helping people that genuinely at this given time cannot help themselves. Yeah. And that's, yeah. That's, that's a wonderful thing. And this is ongoing. There's no end in sight. So people can carry on bidding for conversations with their favorite stars. Uh, where can they find that information? Should they should they want to kind of track down? BeMyGuest.org. So as of the show going out today, October the 16th, who can people bid and get excited for? Little Mix. Oh, Yay! wow. OMG. Um, oh, my God. How did you pull that off? <laughs> Gee, <laughs> Jesus, it, was, it was so funny because we were talking about it on a call and and, and I was we were talking about you know they probably won't be able to do it they're so busy they are the busiest yeah. girls ever and I was like look I've worked with Perry let me just let me just send her a message and she was like came back within like five minutes was like yeah we'll do it and I was like oh my god we got a little bit I know the, the whatsapp group that we've got for be my guest when G sent that it was literally like a party all by itself we were just like <laughs> that's amazing but you know what it's often the busiest people that will give you their time weirdly yeah True. yeah so then you've yeah, got really you've got Matt Lucas Matt Lucas oh, I mean lovely oh man. lovely man doing a stellar job on Bake Off as well isn't he yeah. like so absolutely funny. So brilliant funny. Matt Lucas, Little Mix. Um, we've got a Celeb Juice special. So we've got yes. Lee and Emily and Laura doing it all together. Brilliant. Now mm -hmm. that's going to be a fun call. That will be really good fun. Uh, me and G, we've offered ourselves hey. up. We were a oh, bit God. like, we were a bit like, uh, 
Shall we? Will anyone want we us? Can't, I know, that's the only nerve-wracking thing. It's like, are people actually going to bid for us? Um, Greg James. Greg James has given oh, us his time. Well, you've done incredible work with it. And for no gain to yourselves other than feeling like you're able to help. And I applaud you, ladies. And um, anything Cheers, we babe. can do to, to help. If there's anyone you think I might have in my contacts book that I can help with, just let me know, girls. Hit me up. And I, I'll, do, I'll do the asking for you. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs> Girls, thank you so, so much. Thank I've you. wanted you on forever. And now I've, done, I've got it. I've got my Yay! Monday. Yay! Um, BeMyGuest.org is where you go to bid for a conversation, a video call with your favourite stars, including you two, um, and continued success with it. Um, I'm, I don't know if it will end. Uh, well, I suppose only when you've run out of people to phone. Yeah, I mean, the, the nice thing about it is we can run it and then we can stop it for a bit and then we can pick it up again. And, you know, yeah. it's a kind of rolling thing that we just want to try and keep raising whatever we can for them. So let's see. Good work, girls. Good work. And um, thank you so much. Cheers, Kate. Yourselves. Nice thank to you. see you. Thank you. Loads of love, ladies. Cheers, babe. That's it for this week. If you want to bid to take part in a video call with one of your favourite stars, don't forget to head over to BeMyGuest.org. All funds go to great causes to help those that really are struggling at the moment as we fight our way through this pandemic. As always, White Wine Question Time is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Richard Hatherall for Yahoo UK, and Callum Goddard Mocklow is our editor. Music's provided by Andy Bell, and his back catalogue is available at iTunes and Spotify. Don't forget, we're open for conversation 24 7 on Twitter and Instagram. We're at White Wine QT. And if you can, please do find a moment to rate and review us. It really does help other people to discover the show. I'll be back next week when I will be popping a cork or two. So until then, take great care. If you've been affected by anything we've discussed in today's show and you'd like more support, don't forget the Samaritans are always there. You can call them anytime, 24 hours a day on 116123 or email them. The address, joe at samaritans.org. That's joe at samaritans.org. Remember, it's always good to talk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.